So, Jelly, welcome to another recording. Why, thank you, Rusty. It is a pleasure to be here. Today, listeners, we have Jelly, and uh, my week's been pretty quiet, Mr. Jelly. What about your week? Oh, man, my week started with just craziness. Man, I slept so badly on Sunday night because I was so anxious. I, I quit my job on Monday morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa back up. You, you did what? I quit my day job. So you've had a day job now for almost a year, is that right? Yeah, I've had a day job for nearly a year. I started a design studio pretty much straight after Dub Dub last year, 2014. All right, so it's it's Sunday. Walk, walk us through the decision process. Like what, what made you want to leave? So the decision happened kind of more last week than it did this week, but just circumstances at work kind of delayed my actual doing anything about it. Basically, last week, obviously, Dub Dub got announced, or didn't get announced, but everybody was talking about you know getting tickets and stuff like that. So the dates and stuff came out, and I decided that I was probably not going to be able to make it to, to San Francisco this year, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But I'd really like to be able to actually, you know, take it in. It's, you know, it's an important thing for, you know, for a person who's developing uh, for, you know, the iOS platform. You kind of want to know what's going on with the latest things. And so I wanted to, you know, take some time off to be able to kind of take all that in and not have to be, you know, trying to also worry about work at the same time. And I applied for leave and they decided that they didn't want that to be a thing. They didn't want to give me the leave. Um, And I mean, they had their reasons and that's fine. But I think the end result was that I just decided that I I sat down and I had to think about it. And I kind of came to the realization that this is too important to me to be able to uh, just kind of let it, let it go. And so if this is going to be a thing that, you know, happens every year, what what happens when I want to actually go to Dub Dub? What, you know, and um, I, I kind of came to the decision of, well, obviously this career is not going in the same direction that I want to be going. So therefore, I, I think there's only really one choice there. And that's, I have to, I have to kind of end it. So, wait, wait. so the obvious question there is, you know, most people when they're about to leave a job, they, you know, they'll have another job lined up or they've got plans or they're going to go, you know, independent or they're going to freelance and do, you know, contract work. What's what's your plan in that regard? So before I started at the design studio, obviously I'm taking extreme measures to not mention who they are because it's not it's not really pertinent. Jelly works for Apple if anyone's interested. I work for Apple. He high fives Tim Cook on the way in every day and I got to tell you on Friday Tim Cook did not return the high five and and Jelly got a bit angry. It was it was a very sad day. Before I started at the design studio, I did freelance work. So I would take contracts, take clients, small you know jobs here and there. I think I'm probably going to be going back to kind of working for myself, but with a different focus. Previously, I had this focus on client work and making you know making money, and it kind of ended with me kind of needing to take every job that came my way which meant that I was accepting things for less than what they were, you know, less than the time that it would take me or I wouldn't quite quote the right amount and so it ended up taking a lot longer than what I anticipated. I I can see a lot of freelancers out there just nodding their heads right now. I mean, this is, that sounds really common. You know, when when you tie yourself to clients like that, um, sometimes you have to do whatever it takes, you know, to win the job and, and get the money through the door. And I mean, I'm not particularly good at finding clients either. Like, I've never been good at that. Some people, some people are. Some people are amazing 
at finding clients. I know at least one person who is just like, who seems to find clients just like that. I was never that guy. So I had on top of the fact that I was basically um, doing work for less than what I was worth. I hadn't, didn't have enough clients to kind of make that, uh, to be able to, you know, choose the work that I wanted to do. And it kind of was a bad situation to be in because it meant that work was kind of hard to come by. Uh, I was getting a lot of work from from uh, graphic design studios, but that typically meant that I wasn't doing particularly interesting work. I was just, you know, oh, here's a static website that we need you to build. Oh, can you do this email template? <laughs> <laughs> they suck so much. So basically, I was in a bad situation, and that led me led to me maybe almost panicking a little bit and needing to go, uh, deciding to take a regular day job, and that worked for a while, and that's you know that's fine. This time around, I think I'm gonna kind of come at it in a different tack. Obviously, I do a bit of independent development on the side, right? I do gift wrapped, and. So I want to focus on that stuff because that's the stuff that I think really interests me. And I I want to get away from the web stuff, not because PHP is bad, uh, but because I'm just not interested in building websites for government agencies and that sort of thing anymore. So wait a minute. Are you telling me you want to become a mobile developer of the independent variety? I I think so, yeah. So it's it's a good thing you don't care about money then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I I think the thing is I have, uh, you know, the, the kind of the drive to do it. And I have the skill set, obviously. I, you know, do development as a career anyway. But more than that, I'm not kind of tied down to just doing mobile development. I have a lot of skills and I'm plenty happy to put them all to use. Well, would you say they have a particular set of skills? <laughs> I do. I do have a particular set of skills. And if you don't return my daughter, <laughs> I don't have a daughter. So, nobody return any children to me because that would be <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, oh, please don't hurt us, Jelly. Here's, here's all the daughters we could find. <laughs> So, look, I think that this is kind of, uh, maybe we should bring this kind of in and maybe talk about things like jobs and freelancing and independent development or independent working, kind of working for your own self. Yeah, because, I mean, I think between us, we've we've done it all. You know, we've had, I've had long-running full-time jobs. I've done contract work. You've done both of those things. And I'm currently... I guess as close as you get to being an independent developer as, as you know, is humanly possible. And yeah. we tend to make more money than we lose. So that's, that's always seen as a positive. Whoa. Wait. Whoa. That's, that's, it. that's, are you sure? I'm going to give you my, my one tip, one secret that is uh, it, independent developers don't want you to know. Is it one weird trick? One weird trick. Yeah. It's if you can make more money than you spend, yep. you'll be successful. What? Yeah, I know. Just, just write that down. Anyone who's got, just stop. If you're in a car, pull over right now. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Make more money, money than, than you, you spend. spend. All right. Good. Yep. Got it. So if you can nail that, you've nailed 99% of being an independent developer. Well, I think there's pros and cons to each of those, like each kind of method of working, for lack of a better word. I don't know. What what, what would you call it? I know some people call it a, a J-O-B job. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you spend your life doing, you know, a few things, a lot. So one is sleeping. And if you love sleeping as much as I do, you spend... Uh, a lot of your life doing that. And the the second one, ironically, is going to work. And in Western society, at least, and a lot of other societies as well, you know, you might spend 40, 50, 60 hours at some kind of job. And I guess, you know, we'd break it down into, you know, three main categories. You've kind of already done that. You've got a job where you're just given a salary and you work for someone else. 
yep. and you don't you don't normally get to choose you know exactly what you're doing you don't have to choose the clients you you know they tell you do this and you do that and you might have you know some autonomy or no autonomy there's there's variations there but I guess if you're going to look at the pros and cons of of that kind of job I think the biggest one is you don't have to worry about anything you know as long as the company that you work for is reasonably successful then you know making money is not not your problem but by the same token you know, because you don't have to worry about anything, you probably have way less control, you know, of the things you work for, of the right. clients that, that your company has and that sort of thing. So I spent, I'm trying to add it up now, I think spent eight years of my, you know, professional development career working for two different um, companies where that was the case. And there's definitely, there's definitely advantages to that. But I don't know about you, but I've often found people in that role as they start to get uh, more experience, they start to have this dream of, you know, going independent. You know, what if I could be my own boss and what if I could be in charge of, you know, my own destiny? Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? A, a job like that can be very comfortable and I found, I've definitely found that over the past, I mean, obviously I've had uh, employment, you know, um, bosses, whatever, before. But over the past year, I've certainly found that it was, in a lot of ways, it was comfortable to be able to just go into work and go home at five o'clock and... Uh, or a little after five. Always, always leave after the boss leaves. Oh, here's another pro tip. So get in a bit later in the morning. Not many people in mind, and then leave late. And then every day, people will be like, "Why are you staying so late, Russell? You should really go home." And everyone forgets that you actually got in at nine thirty. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. I but it's that that's sort of a thing where you you don't really have to do that much. It can, it can get very comfortable, like you know, because you don't have to do a lot. It doesn't have to be particularly taxing. It's so it can be very comfortable, but the thing is, is that I think yeah, once you get to a certain point, you want more than just comfortable. And I think one of the things that I've found is that I want to be kind of challenged, and I don't like being the smartest guy in the room. I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room all the time. I wouldn't call myself a particularly, you know. Well, you're you're currently in a room by yourself, so I'm hoping you're the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Because we've got problems if you're not. But I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, when you're working in that corporate environment and you don't get to choose uh, the kind of things you work on, sometimes in IT you don't even get to choose the technologies you work with. And so what ends up happening is you find out, yeah, you start to feel a little bit sort of unchallenged. And, and depending on what type of personality you are, that could also lead to you, you know, feeling a bit unmotivated. And, yeah. you know, that is definitely is a big difference if you start, you know, freelancing or going independent where you get to start choosing a lot of these things that you get to challenge yourself with all sorts of new things that, you know, you've never done before. Right. So one of the pros of kind of going freelance, right, is that you do get that control and you can kind of choose the work that you do. But that's not necessarily always the case because, I mean, you're still working for somebody. You're not necessarily working for somebody who works in the same office as you, but you've got clients and clients can be every bit as well, actually, no, they're worse, way worse than having a boss because they don't understand at all. You know, they're not, <laughs> there's a reason why that, you know, you're working, doing work for them and it's because they don't know what is going on, but they think, they think they do. They totally think they do. And I don't necessarily mean like any of that to kind of be down on clients. But I think the thing is, is that going freelance doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have a boss because you do have a boss. But going freelance definitely means that you have more control and more freedom over like the technologies that you use and the you know the work that you decide to do because at the end of the day you make that decision yeah and i think the other thing it means is if you do it right is that you're actually making more money as well yeah so when we first started shifty jelly uh full-time i think this was back in 2010 
we actually did take on a few clients. So we had a, a little bit of money in the bank from our app store sales, but not enough to really, you know, maintain the kind of thing that we wanted to do in the future. So we took on a few clients and we had the, the luxury that most people don't have is that we got to pick our clients and we got to be very choosy with them. And I'd say if it's, if it's at all possible, we probably had some of the best clients you can possibly have. And I'm not just saying that because one of them, you know, hi Richard might tune in here, but it really honestly was the case. You know, we got to pick some really good clients. You know, there were smaller uh, sort of setups where there were, you know, a one or two people companies that, you know, they had the money to, to pay the bills. They always paid the bills on time and they kind of respected, you know, the role that we had in the relationship. So yeah, they, you know, they treated us as you guys at Shifty Jelly, you know what you're doing. So we've, you know, we've come to you for a reason. We haven't just come to you to uh, crank things out. We want your input on things. But even so, working with clients is, it tends to be very demanding because yeah. at the end of the day, you're spending their money and, you know, they're in charge and, and rightly so they should be in charge because, you know, every week or however you structure things, you know, they're, they're paying money to you and then, you know, the responsibility is on you to meet that. But I'd say the biggest upside to that is obviously as long as you've got clients, you've got a continuous stream of money and it's, if you're doing it well, it's more money than you would have made you know, working for someone else. But the downside is that, like you said, you've replaced one boss with, with a different kind of boss. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you obviously mentioned a situation where you had really understanding clients, really cooperative clients. And that's not necessarily always the case. I've definitely had clients in the past that have not really been understanding I've also had clients where they just don't pay their bills on time and you have to chase them up. I had a client that I did a job for in my last stint of freelancing and uh, it took about three months before they even considered paying my bill. So I was chasing them up and chasing them up and chasing them up and it took a really long time. And that's one of the kind of the cons of working, you know, doing freelance development is that you're going to be everything. You have to be everything. You're the, you know, the finance people, you're the actual developer, you're the team supervisor and everybody you've got to make everything happen yeah definitely and i mean there there are some ways to mitigate that stuff so in our case um what we did with all our clients is we set a whole bunch of things up front so our thing was that we always required um 30 of the payment up front and then yep. once we hit that 30 percent, so once we did enough work to actually spend that money uh we would actually invoice our clients weekly for the hours spent and if they didn't pay that invoice on time then not that it ever happened but we always told them you know we're we're just going to stop working. So you can try and mitigate that. The problem is, like you said, if clients start to become scarce or you have to sort of, you know, take the jobs that are available, sometimes clients will want, you know, fixed price stuff. And sometimes with fixed price stuff, the majority of the payment might be at the end. And if it can sometimes end up in a dispute as well. You know, you said you were going to do yeah. this, but you didn't do that. Um, and you say, oh, no, but, you know, that's not what we agreed to. And that back and forth is is only ever going to hurt you. And the reason for that is the majority of the time, the clients are actually bigger than you are. Yeah. So the people paying your bills are often, you know, at companies that are bigger than yours. So you're kind of, you know, at their mercy. And I guess that kind of brings us to what you're planning to do is uh, the third alternative is to just go independent. So to say, forget about clients, I'm going to try and make you know, products that I sell to the world. Right. And I think it's something that is actually doable. Obviously, it's not super easy because otherwise the app store would and, you know, the, the development community would be a lot different to what it actually is. And I'm not suggesting, I am not suggesting in any case that right now gift wrapped is something that I can live off of. Uh, it's not. I make probably, maybe, possibly enough each day for lunch. <laughs> 
Now, is that lunch at Subway or lunch at like Federici's or something? It's it's Macca's and it's it's just a two dollar cheeseburger. <laughs> Look, I th- I think that even despite that, there's a couple of kind of things to keep in mind when you're going independent, and one of those is that I think the hardest part is getting to a point where it's it's regular. It's very easy to put an app on the App Store and kind of make very occasional money or worse putting an app on the app store and you and make initial money but never any money later on yeah i'd say cheeseburger money is is fairly easy to achieve i'm not trying to downplay what you've done with with gift wrap but if you do a good job you're not guaranteed to make cheeseburger money but there's a pretty good chance that you will i think the the hardest part is when you're freelancing you've got a fixed rate that you charge per hour and as long as you can get clients you're gonna make that rate if you make a product though you put it in the app store and you literally have absolutely no idea how much money is going to come in on launch day and how much money is going to come in six months from launch day like it's impossible to even try and predict what's going to happen there how do you deal with that do you try and get a bit of money behind you before you start do you try and get some other source of income do you just live at your mum's basement or whatever i mean what's your plan in that regard i am very 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 lucky because my wife is amazing. I just think I need to put that out there and be very clear about that. Hi, Mel. We hope you're listening. She is very supportive of the decision that I've made and maybe to her uh, her own demise because she makes enough to cover the major stuff that we have to deal with, like our mortgage and you know essential bills and stuff like that. So I'm going into this with the fact that I don't necessarily need to be crazy concerned that if I don't make 10 grand within the first month that I'm going to go under. That's not going to be the case. I, ha- I have a little bit of leeway and I wouldn't have necessarily made this decision if I had been in the situation where <laughs> I-, I had no control over the over the outcome. The fortunate thing is I do have that kind of safe safety net, but that's not going to be enough to kind of keep going. I need to make sure that I'm actually, you know, going forward and not going backwards. So, I mean, I'm going to probably end up taking contract work here and there, doing client work, but because my focus is going to be on my own projects, those clients, the client work that I do, the contract work that I do, I feel like I can be a bit more choosy about it than I have been in the past. I'm in a situation now where I have kind of more contacts than I had before, which is really important when you're doing freelance work in the first place. In that case, I've got a few more contacts now than I did when I last left. But also on top of that, I think my focus is kind of in a better place than it was back when I did this last time around. My focus is kind of more on making gift wrapped into something that is actually somewhat sustainable. You know, it is making a little bit more than cheeseburger money, I'll be honest. It's making probably double cheeseburger. Yeah. Ooh, with bacon? Or can you afford the bacon? <laughs> Maybe every other day. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. not bad. Every odd day bacon. I mean, you have too much bacon and you're not going to like it, but... I guess you've got that bit sorted, which is really, you know, good. I see a lot of people who uh, enter the independent developer world and they just have, you know, dollar signs in their eyes and they, you know, they make their marketing plans and they build their apps and they just, you know, plan for where are they going to park this new Ferrari that they're going to have. And I think what a lot of people forget is that, yeah, there's no guarantees and it has to be sustainable. So I think it's realistic what you're saying there. You're saying, you know, I'm going to try and increase the amount of money I currently make. I mean, that seems pretty doable. And if need be, I'm going to be selective and and choose a few clients. I think the only pitfall there is you have to, we personally found that you really have to focus and you have to say, is the primary thing I'm going to do, you know, client work or is the primary thing I'm going to do products? Because I've seen a lot of independent developers start up and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to take a little bit of client 
client work as I develop my products. And what inevitably happens to, you know, nine out of 10 of them is the client work is so regular and, and pays so well that they never end up, you know, getting to, to build their products. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I've kind of learned from my time away from the, this whole working for myself thing. My focus is kind of renewed and I've realized that I've got an app now that could potentially make not necessarily, you know, millions of dollars, but I I might be able to eke out a small amount from it. And I have another app which also kind of has grown kind of year over year since it was first developed and has been left for the last two years, but still makes money somehow. And my goal isn't so much to go, okay, well, I'm going to spend six months and by the end of six months, I'm going to be making like 10 grand a week and it's going to be freaking amazing. My kind of goal and my goal has always been just kind of, okay, well, I made this much last year. I'm going to double it this year. I'm just going to make, you know, I made a grand. Okay, I'm going to make two grand. Okay, now I've made two grand. Now I'm going to make four. And the thing is, right, gift wrapped isn't going to be everything for my career in this regards. And I I don't expect it to be. But if I take the focus that I have and use uh, use that focus to improve gift wrapped. I'm not just improving gift wrapped. I'm improving my skills and I'm I can use time, the time that I have, you know, not at a job job or doing clients. I can use that time to find more things that I want to do and expand my kind of horizons a little bit. And who knows? I'm happy to take it kind of one step at a time and I'm happy to kind of start to gradually grow that income because that's all I can really uh, ask at this stage. Yeah, I think that's a really realistic and and almost like positive outlook on it because – at the end of the day, you know, you sound like you're in a in a place right now with you might as well try this now. You know, if if the setup is there for it and it's for something you want to do and, you know, if everything else lines up, then, you know, why not do it now? Because if you don't, I guarantee you, you know, five years from now, you'll look back and you'll say, you know what? I had a really good window there where I could have done something and I didn't. And then you'll always wonder what, what would have happened if I did. So, yeah, I mean, congratulations. You've quit your J-O-B job. So when when is your last day? I think it's about four weeks from now that I will be, uh, and this this episode probably won't come out until maybe part of the way through that. So it's probably even less by the time people are listening to this. But anyway, by, by the time it hits WWDC, you'll be an independent developer, yeah? Absolutely. I will be, uh, I will be free and also, you know, probably uh, live streaming WW from my couch. <laughs> That's the indie life. You get yourself <laughs> a pair of pajamas and uh, some ice cream. And you sit down for the dub-dub. Indeed. That's the dream. It is a dream. And I think the only thing to kind of end on is all of these three options, right? All the three options that you can possibly have for employment. None of them are inherently good or inherently bad. Independent working is something that a lot of people kind of strive for because they see it as their kind of creative output. But that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that everybody does that and that's fine. And a lot of people find themselves, they're they're in a different situation. You know, you've got a family, you've got kids and it's not kind of a possibility for you. But you know, I, I think that it's something that you can always, always work towards if that's something that you w- want. And it's not something that you kind of have to go the same way that 
I have, and there are other people that have gone other ways. Like, I mean, you look at, you know, Mike Hurley from Relay FM, who, I mean, he did a lot of work before he even started to work full time on his podcasting network. And so the, the, the direction towards going free to going freelance or going independent is not clear cut. There is no one kind of stamp. That's it. That's how you do it. You kind of got to find, find the way that to go forward. But I think it's something, if you really want to do it, then you should kind of plan for it yeah it's funny having we've kind of been independent now for a good five years and i think the number one thing i've learned is there's no predictability in this industry you've got to it's a really fun place to be it's you know lots of new things happening all the time lots of cool people you know around the place that you get to interact with but it changes every six months so you've just got to be willing to you know to put in the effort and then also to to try and just figure out where the industry is going and kind of move with it and don't be afraid to fall down as well i think yeah and i mean i've done that obviously i have been somewhat independent slash freelance before I fell down. I had to do something else in order to kind of, you know, bring myself back to a position where I could try it again. I'm back now at that position where I'm going to have another shot. I may fall down in, you know, another two, three years time. Who knows? I don't know. But the thing is, I'm not scared of it because if I fall down, I will pick myself up, figure out what the next plan is and start working towards that. And if that means that, you know, I have to take another J-O-B job for a period of time, then that's fine. I'll do that. Yeah, and I think the thing that people sometimes forget is that sometimes taking a job can be another interesting part of your career. Like I know a lot of independent developers who, uh, you know, have done it for a long time and have recently moved to places, you know, like Apple and Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all these big companies that you read about. And it, they didn't do that like with a defeatist sort of attitude. They did it because, you know, they said, you know, I've had a good run at this independent thing, but I want to go try working for, for a big company for a while. And, you know, that's what they're now doing. And that's, you know, more power to them as well. You know, we high five people on the way in and we high five people on the way out you know it's it's good either way you've just got to pick the place that you feel like you need to be right now and it sounds like to me you know you've kind of made that decision you know where you want to be now is an independent developer and you're kind of setting yourself up to you know to succeed in that space and as long as you don't make a podcast app or an australian weather app then we'll support you i'm gonna make an app that creates podcasts about the weather no yep Drops mic, smashes table, destroys screen, boom. Podcast over.